Welcome to the Wicked Radio Network. Welcome to Shot of History. Boys, if we want to win this war, you're going to need to jack off into this gum. <laughs> Come on, guys. Stop ruining things with your semen, okay? Welcome back to the Shot of History, where the history hits you hard, and the historians tell a lot of history. I'm your host. <laughs> I really got to start prepping for the open. Like worse every week. <laughs> I don't even remember what the original one was. What was it? Like, uh, we're... The, the shots go down food. easy, and the and history, history hits history. you hard. Yeah. 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 Okay. That was a... So yeah, what they said. I'm your co-host, Trey. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. And I'm the color man, Big Dove. And we have a guest host uh, again this week. Um, I'm Eleanor Flagstaff, or Ellie Flagstaff. World-renowned musician. <laughs> um, That's a word for it. <laughs> singer and musical expert, I guess? Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Expert hey. is a loose term in quotes. <laughs> when you're on this show, you're automatically an expert. Yes, yeah. that's it. Great. That's We're all experts. Life goals achieved. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got some uh, some crazy composer stories to talk awesome. about. Um, so, yeah, I guess I can uh, go with one of the more well-known composers. Just This is just going to be a smattering of, of tidbits today. Cool. Which is great. Yeah. Cool. It, just a smattering. We're, we're learning things. We cool. don't care. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we'll start with, uh, okay. Uh, oh, you know what? We should probably start with the uh, shot. I almost, oh. we almost yeah. forgot, guys. We almost oh, forgot. Man. Do our diligence Devin, here. Devin is uh, feeling it, it a little bit today. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he, drank a lot of, he drank a lot of all-day IPA yesterday. Yes, so. I did. <laughs> He drank it all day, and awesome. that's about man. All day. <laughs> so, um, here's to is that whiskey watermelon schnapps? I it's see. watermelon pucker. It yep. might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, pucker. what are you drinking? Well, of course, the official unofficial drink of the show, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bullet Rye. Well, there you go. American whiskey here's peeps. Post. <laughs> we did it. We all reached each other. Oh, and isn't that what life I is all about? Did it again. There's like, like just a little bit too much. I cannot finish it. Okay. Got to relax the throat. Couple uh, balls. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I have one more of these, I'll yeah. be uh, a little bit more loose. You know. Properly lubricated. I like that. <laughs> so we're gonna so we're gonna start decomposing. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Uh, okay, now that we are appropriately <laughs> prepped for this, yes. Um, so, uh, so we all know Mozart. Okay, um, there's this a couple things about Mozart. Uh, uh, first of all, his his whole there's this whole idea uh, promoted in Amadeus about his little feud quote with uh, Antonio Salieri. Um, who was considerably older than him and was was a renowned composer at the time. Um, people who see Amadeus are like, oh, I've never heard of Salieri, so he must not have been there. But no, he was he was a big deal. Um, and he and Mozart were actually friends. 
Um, so the idea that they promote in Amadeus about him, like, poisoning him, blah, 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 blah. No, it's it's completely bullshit. They just had to throw <laughs> some drama in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had to make it exciting. Yeah. Um, so they were actually besties. Uh, well, besties might be a loose term, but whatever. You get what I mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just see them skipping down the street holding hands. That's what I see. Yes, so. whistling whistling a, a little tune. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, probably about butts, because as, as a nice butts. segue into my next thing, Mozart also was famous for just being completely and utterly juvenile in every possible way. Um, I mean, he only lived to, what, like 35 um, so he was still a juvenile. Uh, he was. Yeah. Men at 35 are still juvenile. Or like 18, yeah. 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 <laughs> at, at, at most. No argument yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about that, but not really. <laughs> so, um, so Mozart. Point stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so he would not only like sign his letters with lewd things about like eating shit and whatever <laughs> or like or like shitting profusely or whatever but like so he would like write letters with this stuff or he would he would like say things in like a made up language or like backward like he would speak backwards like, yes like like in Amadeus how he like said all this this stupid stuff about like eat my shit or whatever um, <laughs> I end every email like that <laughs> you really should sincerely I, eat my shit it will Try. really <laughs> it will really test who actually likes you <laughs> <laughs> um, Trico, so, you might not want to enter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we can't get more sponsors. <laughs> I, I keep emailing them. <laughs> Eat my shit and die. Sincerely, <laughs> <laughs> really Trico. Um, so, but uh, he also would like write music that had like crazy, obscene things in it. Like, I recently found out um, somebody had posted something on Facebook, and then I just sort of delved into it a little bit that he wrote this canon, um, like, when you think canon, think, like, row, row, row your boat. It's, like, a round. Um, that was called Lek mich im Arsch, a.k.a., like, the literal translation is Lick me in the ass. Um, <laughs> translated to, like, modern standards, it would be, like, kiss my ass. Um, so he oh, wrote it. Oh, I thought it was going to be, like, toss my salad or no. <laughs> so I mean, presumably, like it could have been either way. People just say, "Oh, well, really, it was Kiss." No, probably was exactly what you're thinking, knowing Mozart because he was a child. Um, he was like a 12 year old boy his entire life. So, uh, like every dude, you know, you know, like you do. So uh, he wrote this, and it was never like presumably they they think he wrote it as like a party piece for his friends to just like sing around like. Like Let's in the parlor, whatever. Drunk and yeah, sing stupid shit. <laughs> exactly. So he just had it. He never he never published it. After his death, his wife Constanza um, sent it to a publisher, and they were like, "Yeah, we can't <laughs> publish this like this. We're gonna change the words." And so they changed it to like something vaguely religious or spiritual, like "Let us all be glad," blah 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 blah. And then instead of <laughs> "Let us all lick butts," yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. They, it, it stayed that way for a while. And then recently, like within the last maybe 20 or 20 or 30, maybe 40 years at most, it resurfaced and people were like, oh my gosh, this was the actual title of this. And no other lyrics survive other than the title, Lek Mikim Ash. And so they were like, oh my gosh, we have to like re-put the lyrics with this. So they sort of <laughs> combined the two existing lyrics. So they, it like starts off with like, Lek me him ash. And then they change, and then they like add in like, let us be glad. Like, okay, all of this auf Deutsch, of course, in German. And um, <laughs> like, let us be glad. 
um, when you let us rejoice when you lick my ass clean. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best way to get it clean. You know, are, are we sure this isn't about tossing? <laughs> I mean, they, they, that was not part of the original lyrics they found. They literally only found the title, so they presumably put that in themselves and. It very much could have been it, it that. Was, it was probably a bunch of 35-year-old men who were like 12-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> so they, they totally were channeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they got it. Yeah. They just, they felt the spirit of Mozart like imbued upon them. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and oh, the most interesting fact I found out about this was that um, the, the most recent, like, new style of recording of it, like, cover, as it were, was by <clears throat> Jack White. And the insane clown posse. <laughs> <laughs> Tying it back to Detroit. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up on YouTube later. Yes, yeah, I'm here's sure it's the thing. on there. No, I was looking it up. You can't find the actual track. You can find the promo of it where they like pretend they're kidnapping Jack White and they like play a clip of it, but you can't find it on YouTube. I if I felt like it could, I could probably find it and buy it like on iTunes or something. But I don't want yeah. to spend money on that. No. I still want to like, see it. I actually might pay like 99 cents to just buy that it. That is true. It is only 99 cents. I don't know. Cents. You've paid 99 cents for an ICP song. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but it's but it's I'm, Mozart. So I can I can justify that by like... Because it's classy. Because it's a Mozart yeah. butt song. <laughs> so I can justify that. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I won't judge you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so that's my little my little bit about Mozart. I've got stuff about like, eh, like a couple others. Um, so example like Beethoven. Okay. Um, so we all know he was like cantankerous codger. Okay. Partially because he was like deaf and just frustrated with everything in life. <laughs> um, and I, his when his uh, his sister died. Um, his no his his brother-in-law died and he like fought over his nephew's custody for five years his nephew carl he wanted to get custody of him he kept saying like oh his mother's an unfit mother and blah blah blah, blah for like literally for five years and so finally they're just like fine you can have him so Carl comes and lives with him and it's exactly like the movie Beethoven lives upstairs, except not at all in any way. Um, he, There's no St. Bernard. No, he, it's not a happy little, no. Carl <laughs> lives with him and he's so miserable that he tries to shoot himself twice oh. at the same, like twice and just misses both times. The first time he just, misses entirely like i guess you know even with it pointed to your head it could still miss back then yeah we've discussed yeah. old guns on the show and half the time they don't even fire properly or yeah, especially it, if you're andrew jackson <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yep. it, there's a lot that can go wrong with a firearm you know back in the day oh yeah and the <laughs> second time he actually like it it grazed his skull and so he just was wounded. And then Beethoven kind of felt bad. And then presumed... Just only kind of felt yeah. bad. Not <laughs> a whole lot, though. He was... Okay, no. He was he was fairly upset. And so he, like, I guess started maybe treating him a little bit better. And, like, Carl <laughs> would, like, travel around with him and, like, go on his little, like, just go wherever he went. And, like, he, he didn't, like, move away from him. He sort of, like, helped, still helped take care of him. But, like, yeah, it was just kind of crazy. And then... Yeah, I don't really get it either. And, but mm -hmm. I'm amazed that there's a kid 
that lived in that time named Carl. Like that doesn't seem like a name from that <laughs> okay, era. Okay, Carl with a K because they were German. So okay, mm. Carl with a K. It's like a, a weird it's a nice, name to hear. Yeah, and every time I hear Carl, I think of the Walking Llama. Dead yeah. now. Oh well, so. I think of llamas. No, well, hold on. No, that's that's Coral. Yeah. <laughs> coral, Coral. <laughs> Picturing Beethoven like Rick uh, Rick Grimes, where he's like Coral, <laughs> Coral. Exactly. Get over. Like, you know, he was King Tinker. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's exactly that meme. Yeah. Um, so and then like when I was I was trying to look up like other little interesting tidbits about Beethoven and I'm amazed at how many people think that he just died of syphilis partially because uh, by statistics at least like somewhere between 40 and 60 percent of people living in Europe around that time had syphilis or some form of VD Damn. most of them were probably yeah. composers <laughs> um, <laughs> those dirty um, composers <laughs> most of them were just artists of some kind probably um, but uh, a lot of people were just like oh well nobody really knows how he died he probably died no like there's a <laughs> book written about it and I'm just amazed that people just don't know um, did he go all crazy like Capone did no, no? he actually the, the book was called Beethoven's Hair and what they found out was like uh, somebody took Somebody on his, when they were visiting him at his deathbed, like took a lock of his hair and cut it off and like kept it in a locket for like, and they passed it down in their in their family for generations. And in like the um, mid to late 20th century, they actually they like late 20th century they analyzed it, um, and they actually found out that he had died of lead poisoning because there was lead in all of the like cutlery and all the so and all the, the cups before and they you know knew yeah. about science very well oh, yeah. so, he, so he grew up in flint michigan so so his his like his levels of lead in his system were like a hundred times more than they ever should be like literally and so he he died of lead poisoning which which apparently like was all of the uh, the symptoms that he had like aligned with that, and so it made sense. So, so in case you were wondering, like he was not one of the like millions, okay, I thousands, mean, maybe hundreds of composers who died of VD. He, he might have <laughs> had it, but that's not what killed yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was the lead. Yeah. yeah, it was you know essentially the tortoise in the hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which one got there first? Yeah. Um, I, but there's there's um. I've got a lot more little bits and pieces like uh there's there's one little bit like robert schumann was a really big composer and he he also married a uh famous uh pianist named clara Wieck, clara schumann um and she composed as well but she really just her main thing was performing because you know women at the time didn't couldn't like they they couldn't create shit without people throwing a fit over it so um but Schumann, uh, he was one of the most famous, the way he died and everything was one of the most famous stories because he like, he went insane from uh, side effects of latent syphilis um, and ended his life in a mental institution. Um, but long before that, he had tried to uh, increase his uh, hands, not what you were thinking I was awesome. going to say. <laughs> he tried to increase his like finger flexibility and everything oh. for playing the piano. Yeah, I know. All this time I've been trying to make it bigger, but all I have to do is make my hands bigger yeah. to fool everyone. All right? <laughs> you know what they say about big hands? You can reach an octave on the piano. Um, so he tried to increase his finger flexibility by using this like homemade device. And for the longest time, for, a couple, for like 100 years, 150 years, and even now, people think that that's why his like hands got all messed up and he lost a lot of 
mobility in his hands um, it's because of that homemade machi- homemade device just kind of messed it up and everybody thought it was that but again uh, but but syphilis was to blame for that because apparently um, he was taking mercury for to, as treatment for syphilis. That sounds and, like the worst idea ever. <laughs> I know they just didn't know shit. Syphilis will make you crazy. All right, I'll just so, inject some mercury. <laughs> so so he was taking mercury, and apparently one of the symptoms of mercury poisoning is like all of the symptoms he had in his in his hands with. Um, with with like numbness and lack of mobility in some of the fingers, and so they, they obviously the the device that he was using didn't help, but it certainly was not the cause of his of his symptoms. And they only found that out in like somebody proposed that as a theory in the '70s, and it's only just gaining credence now. Um, so that was kind of that was kind of fascinating to me um, that that's like books that I'm reading still say that like, oh, did you know he crippled his hand with this homemade device? And I'm like, <laughs> bullshit. Um, <laughs> calling oh, you sorry. out. <laughs> I hit the mic there. Um, but, the, and like, there's a whole lot of other things like that Haydn, uh, Franz Joseph Haydn, who like pioneered the string quartet and everything and was like Beethoven's teacher. He, um, when he died, his head was actually stolen after he was buried by a bunch of crazy phrenologists. You know, the guys who like look at head shapes to try, like as a form of pseudoscience to try and like determine what makes people tick and what, like why people are a certain way. Like in Django and like, like in Django Unchained. It was on um, some other movie too of Charlie, Charlie Sheen and his cousin Emilio Estevez where they're both garbage men. And like the one guy lies to the neighbor like, oh yeah, I'm a phrena, what's it called? Phrenologist. Phrenologist. And, uh, yeah, he uses that as a ploy to try to get with this chick. I yeah. can't remember what the, no- the name of it is, though. But it was a good movie. I remember that movie. Yeah. And it's <laughs> escaping me, too. <laughs> no, right. It was terrible. Really <laughs> If you bad. know the name of the movie, contact Trigger Leckins. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um... So they stole his head to try and figure out what made him a musical genius and, like, what, what his head shape was like. And a few years later, the... Um, the, the prince at the time was like, oh, man, I had said I was going to bury him on our on the Esterhazy estate. Oh, let's go get his body and bury it on the Esterhazy estate because he was so important to us. <laughs> just so remembered. They go, I'm supposed to bury yeah, this guy over here. To, yeah. <laughs> so they go and they, they dig up his body and they come back to the prince and they're like, okay, now don't be mad. But he doesn't have a head. And he's like, oh, damn it. And they're like, but it's okay. We, we're pretty sure we know who has it. So they go and they find the phrenologists. And one of them, they, they go into his house and the, the phrenologists are like, oh, shit, they found us. So they go and they, they hide the skull. which It's was, a raid. It was, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a panty raid, but for skulls. <laughs> so they, like, they had the skull like sitting on like their mantelpiece as like an heirloom that they had stolen from a graveyard. And they're like, oh, shit, they're here. So they go and they hide it in his wife's, in this guy's wife's mattress. Like, you know, how mattresses were, were like, made something of straw. totally different. No, they hide like, it in what? his wife's mattress. <laughs> and she lays out on the bed. And when they come to search her room, she's like, oh, I'm on my period. And they're like, ew, gross. <laughs> and so they just leave her alone. So it took them another As men do when girls are, <laughs> are doing that. Because they you and run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they come Nothing back. Nothing has changed in, so they, in, in the longest time. So eventually, I still get uh, sweats when I walk down the uh, tampon. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I go all uh, the village like bad color, bad color. <laughs> village. Where did that movie crawl out from? <laughs> Who knows what I so, Maybe so. out of the uh, rear end of a statue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get the 
that reference. <laughs> um, so, so they come back in three to five days. So, no, like three to five months. <laughs> they go look everywhere else in Europe first, and then they finally come back, and they're like, you guys had it. And they were like, yeah, we did. And so they take it. And, but the funniest part is that his head was not actually reunited with his body until, like, the 1950s. So fully, a hun- like, at least 150 years after he died. What were they doing with it? <laughs> I, it beats me. I don't know. Presumably they had it on display somewhere, but it was finally just straight up buried with him where he, like, when they, when they moved his body again in, like, the 50s. So, yeah, there's, there's the story of the Hayden head hunt. They were hiding awesome. his head. Oh! oh! <laughs> Who's the punny one now? <laughs> and Stephanie hates me now. <laughs> no, I uh, if I hated anybody who spoke in puns, I would not have any friends. Like, I just would be locked in my room, rocking back and forth. So. <laughs> um... So there's uh, there's uh, one of my favorite stories is about um, I'll go with Handel and then Berlioz because I feel like Berlioz is the more shocking weird one. So cool. um, Handel, who you may know from like the Messiah, like the Hallelujah chorus, ah, okay. Um, he almost died when he was 19. So before he was ever like big and famous, whatever, he almost died when he was 19 in a duel. Um, he had just moved to Hamburg. And he was, um, yeah, my, I have, I have German in my ancestry, so I will generally pronounce German things the way they're quote supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> First Everything time on the else. show, anything has been pronounced <laughs> correctly. Except for the Roman. Yeah. The old Roman. Yeah. Um, everything else, I'm just like, whatever. Um, so he arrives in Hamburg and he becomes friends with this other composer, Johann Matheson, or I'll just call him Matheson. Okay. And so uh, he's, at the time he comes there, he's 18 and Matheson is 23. So Matheson, or like 22 or something. So Matheson sort of like, he's, a, he's sort of a big composer at the time. And so he takes Handel under his wing, much like a 23-year-old takes an 18-year-old under their wing. Because <laughs> it's like the blind leading the blind. It really is. Yeah. Like, you know, when you've just grad, when you're like a couple years out of college and you've got a friend who's just going into college and you're like, oh, honey. And <laughs> I, I can help but you. But you really don't know anything. <laughs> so it's exactly like that, except Matheson was also kind of jealous of Handel because he knew he was like a lot more talented than he was and so he would like help him but not that much and he would (laughs) like take his opportunities and whatever so um so uh right before the the incident that happened uh that i'm about to tell you handel and matheson were sort of both up for this position of uh being the music tutor for a like an english ambassador's son named cyril i guess just makes me think of Archer. Um, so, <laughs> um, so Handel was like, yes, I've got this in the bag. And then it went to Matheson and Handel was pissed. Um, cause he was like, I'm the better musician. What the hell is this? Mm-hmm. So a few days later, or a few weeks later, they're at, um, Matheson had an opera called, um, the, Misfortunes of Cleopatra, which I'm sure you're all aware with the Misfortunes of Cleopatra. Yes, we um, are. You are. I've heard this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, How much rug was involved? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not an unsubstantial amount. <laughs> so, um, so 
Uh, Matheson was kind of like, you could call him Quentin Tarantino, or you could call him, like, I call him Tommy Wiseau. Oh, he, no. <laughs> oh, my God, that's, like, the biggest insult. <laughs> he, like, well, par- partially because he's, like, not remembered for shit now. So he, like, wrote, directed, produced, uh, starred in, and, like, conducted slash played the harpsichord for his own show. So he really is like Tommy Wiseau exactly. because The Room, I mean, The exactly. Room. So he was a tenor, which explains everything right there. Like tenors are renowned for their egos. Um, having dated a tenor, I can say that. Um, and uh, I usually date like sixers or seveners. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> I was a tenor. <laughs> so. Uh, Oh God! What was I saying? <laughs> I've had a lot of gummy bear you, shots. You um, derailed her train of thought. Sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking about tens, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, so at, at there's one show, and there there may be a month and a half into the run. It's like it opened in October. It's like the beginning of December. Um, and just open your purse. It's fine. <laughs> it sounded like the slowest fart ever. It, kind of it was just a zipper, just, guys. Just letting it out nice and easy. Just a zipper. So, uh, the purse zipper. <laughs> Trico's zipper. Yeah. No, no, Still thinking about the lesbian episode. <laughs> He's getting a little he's he's getting a little antsy. Um, <laughs> so Matheson's on stage singing and he's playing the role of Mark Antony. And uh, uh, Handel is in the pit playing a harpsichord and conducting because you would like conduct kind of like a choir director at a school might like rehearse from the piano. Okay, so he's conducting from the harpsichord, the precursor to the piano, and uh, uh, at the end of like the first act or like partway through act two, Mark Antony dies. So Matheson comes down and um, he says to Handel, okay, I'm going to take over the harpsichord and conduct so I can get the bow for the conductor at the end. And Handel's like, "Uh, no, you're not. (laughs) I'm going to finish this. And there's like two ways that this could have been an issue. Either number one, Handel was used to completing the entire show. And so that's why he pitched a fit. Uh, Or number two, um, he was used to stroking Matheson's ego and Matheson came down to do this like he normally did. Um, but Handel was still so pissed about the Cyril incident that he was like, no, screw you. Um, so the, either way, you know, so he so had it coming to him is basically what he I only had it. himself to blame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> made that comment like twice in two days. So Matheson shows up and, and Handel's like, no, bye. And Matheson gets pissed and starts yelling at him this is in the middle of the opera the opera's still going on there's an audience they're all just watching and matheson starts yelling at him and then they start hitting each other and matheson like and finally like you do in the middle of an opera and meanwhile the audience is like more interested in what they're doing than what's going on on stage and the actors are just like hello okay um (laughs) still up here performing (laughs) yeah hi hi you paid to see me not this bitch fight that's happening I don't know. So. Depending on the opera, the bitch fight's more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then Matheson like hits him in the head. It's handle in the head, and they're like, "All right, bitch, let's take this outside." Mm-hmm. So they go outside into the street, 
the entire <laughs> audience follows them and they sort of divide into like two halves. One half is cheering for Handel and the other half is cheering for Matheson. <laughs> like you do. That's every <laughs> fight I've ever been to. <laughs> That's every opera I've ever been yeah. to. If, you know, if that happened at I thought more this was Germany. I thought this was Germany, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if this happened at more operas, more guys would go to the opera. I know, right? <laughs> It would be amazing. <laughs> so they, oh, by the way, there's going to be an MMA fight at the end. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with swords. Yeah. So, because here's the best part. It wasn't with guns. It was with swords. So, because uh, this was in, like, the early 1700s. This was, like, 1703 or something. So, they go out into the street, and the crowd's cheering, whatever, and they start duking it out with swords in the middle of the street. And um, up, there's there's... Two again, there's like sort of alternating um, ideas of what could have happened. Either Matheson, Matheson lunged at Handel, and either his sword hit and, and got caught on a metal button on his jacket, or it like ran through a giant like opera score that was like in his jacket. So either way, like he didn't get hurt at all. And then Handel was, and either way, like Handel was like, "Come on, bro, can we just can can we not?" And then they just sort of went their separate ways. A few weeks later, they had dinner, and then they, like, rehearsed for Handel's first opera that was going up, which Matheson was singing in, because, again, tenor, ego. And, uh... Again, then, I was a tenor. And then... <laughs> sorry. Well, clearly, Deb, you have no ego whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. I get drawn <laughs> as, like, one of the French girls on the regular. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay, to be fair, you may not be a stereotypical tenor. There we go. So... Uh, and then they're best bros again for, like, the rest of their lives. Well, you know, they just had to, like, hash it out. Sometimes yeah. you have to, like, get to that point with your friend and be like, okay, we have to, like, hit each other a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll be fine. Yeah. And, uh... It's guys. And the, it, it's, it's, it's it's guys. True. Uh, yeah. 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 And, like, I've the, beat the shit out of a couple of friends. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, one of the funniest parts to me is that, like, there's all these alternating accounts of this. And, like, the first Handel historian got a bunch of the facts wrong and, like, was trying to spread it around, like, all these bad, th like, things that didn't happen when actually the most accurate account is from Matheson because he was so egotistical that he wrote everything like it happened and was like, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Because like I was totally reasonable. <laughs> he thought in his mind that everything that happened exactly. was like legit him being awesome. Exactly. <laughs> like and I am awesome. Yeah. Done. Exactly. So like every story every guy has ever told. <laughs> yeah. I did everything right. Awesome. I'm really yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. So, uh, so all those like fame, like the most famous handle pieces like the the holiday chorus and the messiah like would never have been around if matheson had not been really really shitty at sword fighting <laughs> so <laughs> so thank god for 23 year old idiots <laughs> the next time I mean, you have see... you been to a bar recently <laughs> <laughs> not those kind of bars <laughs> well, well sometimes 23 year old idiots are good for free drinks in which case again thank god for 23 year old idiots that but, is true. I had know? that happen to me the other weekend, and I'm like, really, dude? You have no idea how old I am. And yeah. You, you want to, like, hit on me and buy me a drink? Okay. That's fine. <laughs> That's like, fine. Whatever you say, sir. <laughs> the question for you is, how good are you with a sword? <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Um... But do, my, you mean, do you mean dick? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the sword is my penis. Because <laughs> I've been told, pretty good. <laughs> um, but my, uh, 
one of my favorite stories that so that was one of my favorite stories my my other favorite story that i learned was um about hector berlioz who's not as well known as the other composers that i've talked about but he was arguably the craziest uh he was right after beethoven and he actually like idolized beethoven and he was around during the romantic era where everything was all about like passion and exoticism and like how how much emotion can you put into the music man and as so there opposed to drugs involved. Oh, <laughs> actually, probably yes. <laughs> Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. Yeah, and syphilis. And lots syphilis. and lots of syphilis. Sex, so. drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yes, messing. exactly. Hence the syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> Goes without saying. That's the, the equation that, that it equals. It does, really. It does. So, um, so Berlioz, um, he was... Like he was very, he was obsessed with like every, any woman he was in love with. He wasn't just in, he didn't just like her or was like in love with her. He was obsessed with her. I want to so. wear your skin. Okay. <laughs> like that? Kind of, yeah. As I say, this sounds like my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> so, you're the love of my life for this moment. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so he was, he went to this, uh, he went to these series of Shakespearean plays and he was, he was French and he went to these series of Shakespearean plays that were put on by this English troupe and he fell in love with this Irish actress named Harriet Smithson. He didn't speak a lick of English. She didn't speak a lick of French, but he like wrote her all the time and was like obsessed with her. And un, in the least surprising turn of events, she was like, um, no, you're kind of creepy. So, <laughs> I know what you're saying. So, <laughs> so, he, so he tried to like make her jealous by getting engaged to another woman whose name was Camille. And so he, uh, I guess her real name was like Marie, but she went by Camille, you know, like you do. It sounded more exotic. I guess. Exciting. Yeah. Like romanticism. Are, like, we sure yeah. This is, are we sure this isn't Bill Cosby? With Camille. He does the little head bob and everything. Is this our life right, is this this our life right now? This really just happened. Oh, <laughs> but seriously. But he's done some shit. So, <laughs> yeah. So so he's obsessed with this woman. So he so he gets engaged to this woman named Camille, whose family is like, "You're not good enough for our daughter. Go write a symphony that's worthy of our daughter." Literally, they said those things. <laughs> and so he goes and he writes Symphony Fantastique, which is one of his most famous pieces, which was actually about how he was obsessed with Harriet Smithson. <laughs> <laughs> up, like, I'm talking about yeah. Camille. This is about Camille. <laughs> yeah. You know. Bethany. I mean, Jessica. <laughs> Whoever you are. And, and the jello pudding box. Yes. <laughs> so, so Berlioz is Cosby now. That's, that's yeah. canon. That's a real thing. I'm going to okay. pee my pants. Okay. Really sure. I'm not kidding. <laughs> This is not, this is not attractive. So, so, <laughs> so, um, so Berlioz writes this, and he's he first of all he's in Rome when he writes this. He's off like at this competition and like studying in Rome and blah blah. blah. So he writes Symphony Fantastique, and then um, as was the custom in the day, apparently I found this out. Um, the fiance Camille's mother. It was apparently the the. Uh, Camille's mother wrote him and said, sorry, she's going to marry somebody else whose name is also Camille, but it's a guy. And um, <laughs> so he was like Camille Pyle, and he was uh, the son of like a famous piano maker. So uh, apparently it was the custom at the time for the, the mother of the woman to send out the notices that the engagement was broken. So that's the thing I found out because that's at least like two composers that I've read of whose, whose, 
fiance's mothers broke up with them. So, <laughs> like you do. So, um, so Berlioz thinks, I know what the most rational response to this is. Um, they live in Nice, right? Yeah. I'm going to get a couple pistols and go to Nice and shoot all three of them. Uh, Camille, Camille, and the first Camille's mother and myself. <laughs> And in case my pistols don't work, because we've we've discussed yes. the, yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the unreliability, <laughs> you can you can shoot yourself in the head and miss. Um, I'm gonna bring some poison. Okay, poison All is right. always solid. So, yeah. so yeah. unless it's old, yeah. like the cyanide pills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, so that's that's pretty good. Okay, but how am I gonna get into her house without being noticed? <gasps> I'm gonna dress up like a French maid. So, because <laughs> that's normal. Yeah, French maids come over there all the time in yeah. France. Yes, <laughs> they have like full-on so, facial hair and everything. And it's, yeah, you know. I mean, to be fair, Berlioz. All the pictures I've seen of him, like he's like among the first of the composers who was actually photographed. He didn't like have a beard or anything. So <laughs> well, okay. maybe he's just there a really ugly <laughs> French maid. Yeah, yes, exactly. Not an attractive lady. <laughs> Spoke in falsetto all the time. So so he grabs a wig and a French maid outfit. Oh my and God. he hops in. That he happened to have. That he's just lying around. <laughs> I don't have a butler costume, but I got this French maid costume. Yeah, exactly. So nobody else awesome. the maid. It's always the butler. It's never the maid. <laughs> so... So he gets, uh, so he goes on this route, and he's he's in Rome, and he gets to Genoa, so still in Italy, and at his next stop, he realizes that he left the French maid outfit in the door compartment of his last cab. So Bummer. he, yeah. <laughs> so he gets, he like is trying to figure out what he's gonna do all the way to Nice in France, and he, uh, by the time he gets there. History says that he was like, oh, I was never going to do that. That's that's ridiculous. I, I'm glad I came to my senses. I think he was just like, well, crap, I have to backpedal now because I left that there and I'm not going to get in on notice. Oh, yeah, I I'm, was never going to do that. Ugh. I will say that he probably didn't have a diaper to be able to drive the whole distance like we know astronaut uh, crazy girlfriends do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Berlioz just, you know. And then he just went on. Oh, and uh, he actually ended up marrying Harriet Smithson, the Irish actress, because uh, she went to a performance of Symphony Fantastique, and, like, there was this reading about, like, um, the actress, like, who is this Juliet? Who is this Ophelia? And blah, 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 which were the two parts that he had seen her play. And she was apparently just overcome with the romanticism of the entire situation. And so much romanticism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't handle it. My delicate female composition just can't, or con constitution just can't handle it. Shakespeare just was so wet. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently it did. And I think Shakespeare would have liked that. <laughs> so, um, she uh, so she agrees to marry him. Like she meets him first, and then immediately agrees to marry him. Like after the like their first meeting, and after she was like, "Ew, you're a creepy pervert." Uh, yeah, like, and then she heard his music to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, and then she hears it's like hearing that somebody. It's like meeting somebody and being like, "You're kind of gross," and then finding out they play in a band, and you're like, "Okay, I can." Or you know, with like that. If you meet somebody like, "Ew, you're kind of gross," but then you realize they have a huge penis, and you're like, "Okay, we're good now." <laughs> yeah, like, everything's fine. Yep, yeah, except don't for her. get married. That's why I'm married. Can relate to that. <laughs> Except for, well, you know, 
for our ladies and or men who are into big penises. Yep. There okay. we go. And uh, except for her, big penis was just a, a big symphony. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but you got a pretty big symphony way, it was there. Big. And that's yeah. where we're going with this. And uh, they didn't speak each other's languages at all, but they still like were married for several years and had two kids. <laughs> that's probably why they got a little. This sounds, yeah. this sounds like every male order bride. But she would literally, heard of. she would literally get into drunken Irish rages at him, and so it didn't really last. <laughs> I got my cream card, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, just uh, some crazy composer stories for you to chew on. I found one that uh, is kind of interesting. And yeah. I'm gonna butcher this last name because you know we all butcher names. Is it okay? I'll help you out. Uh, Carlo Gasaldo. Gasaldo. How's that spelled? G S U A L D O. Huh. Okay. It's not. Yeah, I don't. Casaldo, maybe? Let me see this. Let me see this. It's kind of like the old Roman. But good luck. Oh, let me see. Just I, I'd say Gasaldo is pretty, that, that was pretty close. My There's witchcraft in there, so yeah, I saw Gisaldo, it. Gasaldo, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely with an Swal- accent, but Swal- I don't do accent. Yeah, just Waldo. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say it like a valley girl. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I found this interesting because um, I guess he was a 17th century composer. Um, he was a royal prince acclaimed for his chromatic vocal music, which okay. I've never heard of this guy either. I just looked up weird composer stories and this okay. came up because I, I was like, there have to be like a bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, musicians are typically a little eccentric and yep. bizarre. Anybody who's artistic is a little, you know, must have been the head. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you know what? We're writers, so yep. mm-hmm. I'm yep. speaking of myself. I'm just, no, I get I'm it. just generally messed up. You're, yeah, <laughs> I'm just generally. <laughs> Uh, but apparently he was uh, most famous for violently murdering his first wife. He, he did like all these symphonies and like, you know, wrote like, like great music, but he's most famous for killing his first wife who slept with a cross-dressing duke. So he was like, oh, <laughs> you're, you're sleeping with a lady man. I'm going to have to violently murder you. And then his second wife. I was sure this didn't take place in America. Uh, I'm sure this wasn't Jack Gee. I mean, this could, this could have happened. I mean, this could happen now for yeah, all I know. Yeah. I mean, people are crazy, right? Two people walk out of a bathroom, somebody gets murdered. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly, what's exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then his second wife accused um, his two lovers, because apparently he cheated on his second wife, of witchcraft. One of them uh, was tried for murder. Uh, and she, well, she, she committed, or committed. She said that she was a witch and that uh, she was tortured. So of course, she said she was a witch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that she had made him drink her menstrual blood. Oh. <laughs> and um, something about putting bread into her womb to saturate it with her seed and then give it to him so that he could eat it. This is really gross. Okay, is I this found the origin <laughs> of uh, red velvet cupcakes. It, it might oh, be. God. It might be. Oh, no, but it's so good. <laughs> but since I know we're getting close to closing really quick, yeah. basically what happened was it sounds like he was schizophrenic because he imagined hordes of demons attacking him every day, and the theory is, is that he died uh, because he beat himself to death. Uh, because Wait, that's on. a fear of Hold mine. <laughs> How did he beat himself? Well, to death? It, it was believed that he was beaten to death during one of his masochistic frenzies, where he was like hurting himself because he thought oh, so he was like trying to get like yeah. Yeah. yeah, but apparently he did something really screwed up and killed himself. Wow. So yeah, that, that's Auto that's all I got. You know, that actually sounds pretty par for the course. Yeah, as far <laughs> as composers, <laughs> no, it's crazy composers, <laughs> menstrual blood. Yeah, <laughs> that's 
<laughs> the and most disgusting. The, the funny thing about that article was like menstrual blood was written in red and nothing else was. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Just to drive it home. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny because you are also have the red microphone this week. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, and you <laughs> don't? I have it's pink. pink. Oh, Thank you. No, yeah. fine. I always have the pink microphone. So like it's a light day. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> it's like the last day of the cycle. Yeah. yeah. Low yeah. flow. Yeah. Low flow. <laughs> All right, so we are we are past out. our time by about ten minutes. Sorry, no, oh, it, it, no, yeah, no, it happens. That's good. Yeah, we do it sometimes. It's yeah. good. It's good to have a long show every once in a while. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Steph, we'll start with you this week. You, but you didn't do it. Oh, the yeah. Okay, <laughs> we can't do anything until you do oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like the rules. Awesome. We're, we're gonna pop them multiple times. <laughs> there we Every go. Every orifice, we're just popping out of the blood. There's an extra orifice. Oh, in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, like always, uh, the way station on podcast is right with me and Megan. Um, that's uh, every other Saturday live from five to six, and drunk dorks. And in between every other Saturday, it's top secret. (laughs) (laughs) The other Saturdays are just top secret, so, you know, no big deal. Uh, And also, hmm, I think that's it. That's that's all I got right now. I really have to pee, so my brain is is floating in like a sea of urine right now. I don't blame you. (laughs) That's horrifying. (laughs) That's where I'm at. Uh, So, Wicked Radio Network, Mm -hmm. uh, Snake Oil Comics essence of man uh those are all things i'm involved with and uh big uh ups to salty language this week uh tony and his wife actually listen to the show regularly we're up to seven (gasps) thanks tony i believe brian also listens to the show so we're up to eight we're almost in double digits this is freaking sweet exciting yeah Yeah. (laughs) Actually, uh, when we start talking about uh, suffragettes in a week, maybe two weeks. <laughs> uh, Eventually. We will, yeah. Uh, uh, Tony's wife actually suggested a topic for that. So Sweet. Yeah. So that's my plugs for this week. Cool. Cool. Um, if you are interested in seeing uh, dumb little composer facts and music history tidbits, then you can follow me on Twitter at Ellie Flags, E-L-L-I-E Flags. Um, I post one or two little tidbits a day. So, yeah, if you like what you hear, then follow me on the Twitters. Cool. I'll uh, see. I'll plug Koi's Comics, because as we know, fuck Steve. Fuck Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but if you're in, if you're in Sagan, I'll buy some comics there and tell Steve, fuck him. So. Well, <laughs> and depending on when this show actually comes out, because we release weekly, yeah, of course, uh, there was a signing event, or there is currently a signing event this week. Yeah. <laughs> one of two. Yeah. So check out fucksteve.com and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag copyright. <laughs> we got to buy that website now. Yeah. <laughs> Just put a bunch of pictures of Steve. Yeah. <laughs> of in various states of getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Caricatures of Steve getting railed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds tasty. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Dead World Zombie Soda. Um, 
I, I still haven't cracked open the one I have. I'm I'm saving it for a special la- occasion. From last week? Or yeah, week I'm, I'm planning possibly. like a romantic picnic or and I'm going to take, take a bottle of it yeah. with me. And uh, you're going to take the picture of Gary Reed. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> me and Gary Reed on our romantic picnic <laughs> together. Write a letter to it, uh, Professor Undying Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I need you to say, oh, real quick. <laughs> quick. <laughs> Perfect circle. <laughs> uh, and anyone else? Uh, I'll plug Source Point Press. Um, they have a graphic novel coming out next year based on the band Creep Show, uh, written by some hack. Um, but it's probably gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. The artist is good, but the writers just got awful. So like, <laughs> so check that out next year. <laughs> and that's all I got. Awesome. Cool. That's it for this week. Yeah. Yeah. So in, uh, until next time, I'm Trike. I'm Stephanie. I'm the Color Man Big Dove. And I'm Ellie Flagstaff. <laughs>